Welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this show. My name is John. I'm your host for the episode. And thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, if it's your first time joining us, we want to say welcome to the family. Welcome to the community. We would love for you to join us over on Twitter as well. That's at the Tiger Wire over on Twitter. We've got some behind the scenes content, got a little bit of game recap and live game updates on our thoughts about what's going on. But we'd love for you to join the community over on Twitter. Uh, let us know. DM us a message over there. Talk to us about stuff. We'd love to dive in to a conversation with you over there. But no matter where you are, if you're a first-time listener or you've been listening, welcome to your home for the Clemson Men's Basketball Podcast, the podcast all about uh, Clemson sports, where we're focusing in on Clemson's men's basketball team right now. We are a part of the Believe Network. If you're looking for any kind of podcast on any team, any topic, really anything, Believe is your place to go. They've got all kinds of great episodes, great shows, great uh, shows all about a bunch of different things. So jump on to Believe if you're looking for a new podcast to listen and be a part of. But no matter what, welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. And so if you've listened before, usually our show is very organized. We like to make sure our show has a lot of structure and make sure that we are starting here and then we're going to go to there and we have that progression. Uh, I'm going to preface this episode with uh, two quick things. Number one is usually I have some notes. Like I don't have word for word script or anything like that, but I usually have a little bit of notes with some headings and give me a little bit of guidance on the show. Um, I don't this time. This time I'm just talking out of the heart, uh, a little frustrated after the game today. Um, so I'm just going to talk to y'all about what I want to talk about, our thoughts, our feelings, that kind of stuff. And so we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll see a little bit more, uh, just see how that authenticity handles on this episode. But uh, that's first preface. The second preface is this. Look, Clemson lost today and I'm upset about it. I'm very upset about the loss. I, we shouldn't have lost that game, and we'll get down. We'll break down to more in that in a second. But as upset as I am, look, we're okay. We're nine and one. We're starting off super hot, and we lost against a really good Memphis team in a really good environment. So I mean, Memphis home court is crazy talented. They only had like eighty percent of their attendance, and they still had fifteen thousand people in the stands. It's like the eleventh biggest stadium. But so it's okay. Like there, it's a massive place. It's a hard place to play ball, and we lost by two points to a really good team as our first loss on the year, uh, nine and one on the season. We're that we're one hundred percent okay with that. So. I'm going to get upset. You're going to hear me talk about like, oh, the world is ending, like Clemson basketball is ending. I don't feel that way. I'm really upset about the game, yes, but I, at the end of the day, I understand. Look, we're not going to go undefeated. It's okay. But with those prefaces being said, let's dive into the game. Let's jump into our recaps. I cannot believe we lost this game. What in the world? So Clemson's playing Memphis at Memphis. Uh, a little bit of preface about the game in case you didn't watch. Um, Clemson plays a very slower basketball, really good at the three, but they play take a lot of time off the shot clock most of the time. They they like to make sure that they're getting a couple looks, getting some assists involved. They like to make sure they're moving the ball around. They don't, they don't really like a lot of transition. They don't like fast play. We've had a couple of opponents this year, Alabama, TCU, that – are fast teams that are teams that like to move the ball quick. I mean, those are two of the fastest in the nation. And we both, we won by making sure we slowed them down. Memphis is a pretty fast team. They like the transition. They like getting the ball out and then pushing it. So it was going to be another game of pace. It was going to be another challenge of can we slow them down? Can we keep them uh, slowed down a little bit more? Can we stop? Can we not try to race them? It was going to be a battle about that. We knew that going in. 
Second thing going in, like we said already, Memphis has a crazy good home court advantage. They are massive. I think they're like the eleventh biggest, uh, the eleventh biggest university like home court in men's basketball, and like all of D one or something like that. They are massive. I think it fits a total of like eighteen thousand people or something like that. It's it's huge. It's a massive court, massive stadium. So going into Memphis, who is a good team, they've played really really good teams. We'll get into their schedule in a second, but going into their home court against a good team like that. Uh, you've got to feel it's a, it's a challenge, right? So here's who they played already. They played Jacksonville State, and they won comfortably Missouri. They won comfortably Alcorn State, won comfortable Michigan, won. Uh, that was a close game, four-point game. But then they played Arkansas, who beat Duke, and they beat them by five. Lost to Villanova by 16. Lost to Ole Miss by who's three points. Beat VCU. Beat Texas A&M at Texas A&M. They're a ranked team. And then they played Clemson. So they've – Memphis is a good basketball team. This will be a March Madness team, possibly a second weekend team. Like, there's no doubt about that. So, before the game, we know we're going into this, and it's going to be a challenge. So, with all that being said, the game started, uh, and it was a close game like you would expect. It was a close game where it was back and forth a lot. Um, I know Clemson had a – I think Clemson had the biggest lead of the night with 10 points, but that was one time. The rest, the score was very close throughout a lot of it. And it, it, it was what you expected. Watching the first – couple minutes I tweeted out over on their Twitter that yeah you know it's going to be a good game you know this one's going to come down to the wire you saw a lot of exciting plays you saw some huge blocks one by Chase Hunter one by PJ Hall I think a couple by PJ Hall but it was a good game it was a very tight game uh, going through the stats, uh, they both both teams shot the ball pretty well. Clemson shot almost 50%, 30 for 61. Uh, Memphis shot 29 for 67, a little bit lower, 43%. From threes, neither team were hitting. I mean, threes was rough. Clemson's 7 for 23, 30%. That's not terrible. Memphis shot 4 for 26, 15%. Free throws, um, Clemson shot 10 for 15. Memphis shot 17 for 23. Rebounds, it's really close, 37 to 35. Uh, offensive boards, that was a big part of this game. Offensive boards, Clemson had 8. Memphis had 11. Assists, Clemson shined how they always do. Like I said at the beginning, we're a team that likes to get score off assists. We like to score off a pass. We had 20. Memphis had 12. Gosh, turnovers, there was there was the difference, fellas. That, that was the big difference. Clemson had 15 turnovers. Memphis only had six. Um, steals, Memphis had nine. Clemson only had three. But then blocks, like we said, Clemson had four, Memphis two. Uh, points in the paint, it was really close, 42-44. And then fouls, 20-14. to 14. I'll be honest, I got to watch most of this game, but it was all on my phone. We were adding at our local Mexican restaurant, and I was watching this uh, while eating some chips and salsa. So it was. I was watching that, but... Gosh, there was a lot of fouls, and I'll be honest, there were some really ugly ones called, um, ones that I disagreed heavily with. But fouls were definitely leaning towards Memphis's favor. But like I said, largest leads of the game, Memphis led by five at once, Clemson led by ten. So it was a close game. It was a really close game, back and forth, a lot of plays. You look at the highlights, if you go through play-by-play and you look at the scores, it was back and forth. Clemson led for a while, Memphis led for a while. Clemson led for a while, Memphis led for a while. Clemson, it just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Great game. The thing that frustrates me is this. Memphis has the ball, they're scoring, they make a layup to go by three with a minute 15 left. And so we get the ball, we get on half court, and we call a timeout. You want to drop a play, right? You want to make sure you can drop a play. And so they do. Uh, they get the ball back in a minute 15. But I don't understand. Here's what I don't understand. We have some great players. 
you got Joe Girard, you got Chase Hunter, you got Josh Beadle off the bench, it's good, and you got Dylan Hunter. We got two outstanding guards. I know Chase Hunter, we've talked about, he's struggling a little bit, but I still trust him. Like, I trust him over Dylan Hunter or Josh Beadle. Joe Girard is a legend. He's so good at Syracuse. He knows what it has, what it takes to have the ball late in the hand. We've got some experience. So with that being said, why coming out of a timeout with a minute and seven seconds left, does Brad draw up a play where Dylan Hunter takes the inbound and then holds the ball for 20 something seconds off the shot clock? What Dylan Hunter, who He's averaging like seven points a game. He's not averaging high. He's our backup guard. He doesn't play a lot. Like he plays every game. But why is our go-to? We're down by three points with just over a minute left, and we're going to hold the ball for twenty-something seconds with Dylan Hunter with the ball in his hands. We're not going to give it to Joe Girard. We're not going to give it to Chase Hunter. We're not going to give it to PJ Hall. We're not going to give it to Chauncey Wiggins, who had an outstanding game. What What are we doing? What is the play call? And so what does that lead to? Leads to ugliness, leads to him trying to pass the ball, loose ball, loose ball, ended in a turnover. And then Chauncey Wiggins fouls, they shoot two free throws, and they go up by five. What is that play call, Brad? What in, what in the world? If you've been around Clemson basketball, one of the biggest complaints that people have about Brad Brownell is he can't finish games. They say he can't draw a play if it comes down late to this situation where they're drawing up a play with a minute left or something like that and they need a big bucket coming out of a timeout, Brad can't draw a play up. I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's the opinion that's floating around. But let me tell you this. If you watch the game today, that would ring true. Like That opinion proved to be have some backbone to it because, gosh, 20-something seconds in Dylan Hunter hand, I don't understand. Don't understand that play call at all. Um, so here's we keep it going. Clemson gets the or they shoot two free throws. Uh, got to a three point game or got to a five point game. Chase Hunter came down, made some free throws. Got to it, got it back to a three point game. We fouled them and they missed both free throws. So we fouled them. It's a three point game with twenty eight seconds left. They missed both free throws. So we take the ball down. Uh, long story short, we get the ball. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we get it to a three point game and we have the ball with nine seconds left. Three-point game, 79-76 with our ball with nine seconds left, and there's a timeout. Brad Brownell gets a part-two redemption. He gets another chance. All right, Brad, here you go. Nine seconds on the clock. You need a three-point. What are you going to do? Need a three-point. What are you going to do? And so what do they do? They call timeout. They get the ball in. They pass it in to P.J. P.J. has it, and with four seconds left, throws up an ugly three-point shot. I mean, throws up an ugly shot. Ugly, ugly, ugly shot. I mean, what are we doing? You got Joe Girard on the court. Give it to him. Let him shoot a shot. PJ, you're hot. You, you got a hot hand for sure, but really, four seconds and you're shooting a shot like the ball's releasing behind your head. It bounces over the backboard. Ugly. What are we doing? That was two different play calls that were coming out of a timeout where we chose to. Brad ran a play that both ones were very questionable. Very, very, very questionable late on the play calls. Dylan Hunter holding the ball for 20 seconds plus when we're down by three. P.J. Hall taking an ugly shot with four seconds left. I don't know if that's what was drawn up or not, but it looked like it was And because P.J. got the ball turned around shooting. He wasn't ready for the pass, and he had plenty of time. So I, I just – I don't know. I, I really doubt the play call. Another thing earlier on that comes down to – I don't know if it's Brad. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know what happened, but we have the ball, and we're down by three with – 20-something seconds left or 30 seconds left, something like that. We're down by three. And 
instead of shooting a three to try to get it and get a rebound, there's less than 30 seconds left. And shoot it, instead of shooting a three, we go and we shoot a, we shoot a layup? What? Instead of going for the tie when you have amazing offensive rebounds with Ian Shefflin and P.J. Hall and Chauncey Wiggins, you got great rebounders. Instead of going for the tie with a three, you shoot a really, really ugly contested layup instead of passing it out for an open three. I just... There's so many things. You look back on this game, and you don't look back at the field goal percentage while we lost. You don't look back at the rebounding. You don't look back at the assist. You, I mean, the turnovers you can look back on, but gosh, there was three possessions. We had three chances where it was a one-possession game where we had a chance to either tie it or take the lead. And poor play calling, poor performances, and dumb decisions cost it. You look at this game, we shouldn't have lost. walked out of there without a loss. That's what hurts. You watch this team, this Clemson team who has played excellent this year. I mean, this Clemson team has played amazing so far this year. They came down from they came back from big. They've dominated through the whole game. They've they've played some great teams. They've played some great basketball. And you go into Memphis, this AAC team, who's a great team, we already talked about it, but have a chance to beat them at home and have three different chances to tie the game with less than a minute, ten seconds left, and you squander them. You shoot it out the window. Gosh, it's frustrating. It hurts. That it, it just it's super frustrating. Walking through it, seeing how it ended. Gosh, those those play calls at the end were frustrating. Um, so not happy. Not a great way to end. It's one of those games. that's like looking back at the beginning. I was like, if we lose this game, it's not a big deal. But then you watch it and you get invested and you see it go and you see it go and you see the chances to win. You see starting off ten and zero is like right in front of you, and then dumb play calls, dumb decision ruin it in the last minute. It, it hurts. We were walking around Ingalls, our grocery store. We were walking around trying to figure out, uh, I think we were buying milk for a coffee. I don't even know. But we were going and I'm watching the game on my phone. And I, I looked at my father and I was like, what in the world are we doing? What What is this? What is this decision? It hurt. Uh, but, yeah, that's 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 my whining. You've heard me whine about the game. But overall, we're 9-1. We're in a good spot. Looking back some player performances this game. And, man, we had, we had some good player performances. Um, I, we'll get to another thing about why I think we lost in a minute. But uh, looking at the player performance, our leading scorer was no doubt P.J. Hall, of course. He had 21 points, uh, matched it with. He only had three rebounds on the day. Uh, one offense, two rebound, or two defensive. But he had three blocks, two steals, had five turnovers today. He had five turnovers. Um, went 0 for 4 from the 3, which isn't like him at all. Played for 35 minutes of the game. Only sat for 5 minutes. Like to see that. Didn't get too much foul trouble. Only had 3 on it. Uh, so, PG had a great game as always. No surprise. Surprise of the day, Chauncey Wiggins continuing to thrive. If you've listened to the podcast, you know there's that debate of Chauncey Wiggins and Jack Clark and who's going to get it. Well, Jack Clark's out with an injury, and Chauncey is shining. Chauncey had – he went 8 for 12 uh, from the field, 3 for 6 from the 3, and had 19 points par- paired with 7 rebounds, um, 2 assists. Uh, great game. He had a great game. Played really well. Shot the ball. I didn't think he forced too many shots. I thought he was moving the ball. Uh, I'm really, really happy with Chauncey Wiggins' performance and his play. Um, other pl- players, Chase Hunter – he had 13 points, and yes, you see that, and you're like, yeah, finally, he's breaking out of the slump. But then you see six of them are free throws. He had seven points. He went three from 11 from the field. That's That hurts. I, people, I saw someone on Twitter, yeah, Chase put up double-digit scoring. I think he's out of the slump. I disagree. I don't think he is. I think he's still uh, I think he's still struggling, and I think he knows he is. He's, 
three from 11 from the field, one for four from the three. Yeah, he's hurting. Um, I think Chase is going to pull it around. Uh, hopefully he does. we got two games coming up soon. We'll talk about soon that he hopefully he can break out of those slumps and before ACC play. But Chase Hunter had an all right day. Joe Girard, quiet day. He had the most minutes out of anybody, 38 minutes, and only had eight points. Went three for eight, two from six from the field. Uh, he had nine rebounds, though. Our second leading rebounder was our starting point guard with nine rebounds. Had four assists. He had two turnovers himself. Uh, he had an all right day. So I think two two of the big reasons that we lost, again, besides the turnovers, is this. I think, one, you look at our, our, our bench. Our bench scored five points today. We had four players come off the bench. They shot a combined four shots and made two of them. They shot 50%. They only put up four shots. Our bench shot the ball four times. Let that sink in. Four times they shot the ball. And I'll let you I'll remind you this. One of those players who played 29 minutes on the game, ended with three points, is the guy we put in with a minute something and then put 20 seconds of the clock in the ball in his hands. Yep, that's the play that we drew up. That That's the same player. One for two with three points with uh, zero turnovers but two fouls. Yep, that's him. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going back into it. But it, wh- what I was trying to say is our bench, we had five points from our bench. That's it, five bench points. So our 77 points, our starters had 72 of them, and our bench only had set five points. And here's another thing. You take Dylan Hunter played a lot of time. He played 29 minutes on the court. You take him out, Josh Beadle, two minutes. Letty, two minutes. Godfrey, Godfrey only played five minutes today. What? Why is R.J. Godfrey only playing five minutes on the court? Yeah, he had three fouls, but gosh, he's playing so well. He's such a spark. Josh Beadle is a spark. We've talked about it. Why are we playing five on nine? Why? You look at Memphis's bench. Memphis's bench combined for 25 points about. Yeah, 4, 8, 15. 25 points. So out of their 79, a third of those came from their bench. Their bench minutes, they had four people come off the bench as well. 17, 27, 29, and 14. Their bench combined for 24 shots. Com- combined for 24, yeah. And they made 10 of those. So they went 5 for 12 percentage. Yeah, good percentage, almost 50% from their bench. That's good performance. That's what you need. A big reason we lost today was we were playing 5 on 9. 6, throwing Dylan Hunter. We were playing 6 on 9. They got tired. And Memphis is a team that runs. When they're running the ball, trying to get you to race, and you have to run with them and keep up with them, and you're playing 5 on 9, 6 on 9, you're not going to win that. You're, you're not going to keep up with them. Fatigue's going to come in. Ian Shefflin looked gassed late on in the game. He played a lot of minutes, 29 minutes, and he really didn't have a great day. I mean, he had 11 boards, which is awesome. He had 11-11. That's pretty good. <laughs> I know I said he didn't have a great day, but 11-11 is pretty good. You're not going to be upset at that. Also, he had six assist. He had a good day. But he was gassed at the end. He couldn't keep up. He, he, was, he was falling a little short. He looked exhausted, and I don't blame him. He was playing five on nine all day. It's... I think between the late late I think between the late games uh decisions, the late game play calls and then five on nine, six on nine, and really didn't have strong guard play today, there's the reasons you lost. You lost because you had more turnovers, had some really poor play calls late, really poor decisions late, and then really poor substitutions today. That's I, I, I looking at this game, my biggest question mark is would be two. One, RJ Godfrey only playing five minutes, and two, uh the ball in Dylan Hunter's hands late with a minute left for 20 seconds. I don't get that. Those those are my points. I'm like, if you change those two things, we win. Keep the turnovers how they are. Keep the rebounds how they are. Keep the percentages. Keep everything the same, but change those two things. Take 
half of Dylan Hunter's minutes, give him to R.J. Godfrey, and then put the ball in Gerard or Chase Hunter or P.J. Hall or Chauncey Wiggins' hands. Put the ball in anybody else's hands on our team. Dylan Hunter would be probably the second to last player I'd pick. I'd rather Dylan Hunter's hands than Boss Letty, but everyone else I'd pick over him to put the ball in his hands. I I, I think you change those two things, Clemson comes out on top. Um, so that's super frustrated game today. Uh, hate to have it in like that. Hate, hate that was our last. I don't, I don't want to say challenge. We have a lot. Of, Queens is a good team. Radford's a good team coming up soon. But uh, that was our last. Uh, Quad one game before ACC plays. Um, so whatever you want to think about quad one, it's there. But that was our last one of those. Um, but, yeah, so that was the game today. You walk out of that frustrated. You walk out of that upset. But you walk into the Nets game encouraged. Because the fact is this. You're looking at Clemson's uh, team right now. We're 9-1, and 8-1 uh, at non-conference, 1-0 conference. Uh, we're playing great ball. Uh, we're playing. You can't be upset with how we are, with, with how we're playing. We're shooting the ball well. We're doing great things. We can make some mistakes, but gosh, you still got to feel good about this team. And the way the Memphis's fans and were handling the team during the game and then after the game, I saw videos going around of people are proud of these people flicking off uh, PJ Hall and stuff like that. It's what are you doing? Like it shows Clemson is something. Clemson basketball name used to be a uh, walk cakewalk. They used to see that and be like, oh, yeah, easy game this day. No, not anymore. You see Clemson on your schedule, you better come ready. I think Clemson has made a name for themselves, and we have just because we lost today, that doesn't mean the season's out. We have a long season to go. Nobody expects to go undefeated, and walking into Queens, Radford, then the ACC play at 9-1 and one right now, you got to be really happy with that. We have a really good chance of walking out 11-1, to one, going into ACC play. Um, yeah, uh, going 10-1 and one in our non-conference schedule. That's what we predicted at the beginning of the season, by the way. Just throwing that out there. But, uh, you know, you got to be really happy with how Clemson playing. They're, they found their identity. They found who they are. We talked about how we struggled about that earlier on. Uh, but they found it. They're a half-court team. They're a team that likes re- offensive rebound, likes to get assists, good at shooting. Uh, they've usually had really good shooting percentages. Um, if they can quit the fouls and quit the turnovers, gosh, dangerous team. Honestly, my big thing right now, I think if Chase Hunter can turn it around, if he can start playing how he was at the beginning of the season, if that can happen, oh, this team is an easy second weekend team. We're, we're a team that's got dangerous. Uh, I see some people already predicting us to win the ACC, which would be a first time ever. That'd be awesome. We're the only founding member that has never won the ACC tourney. So I'd love for that to switch up. But anyway, got to feel good with where we're at right now. Uh, going into our next couple games, like we said, this coming Friday, we play Queens at 6 o'clock. Can't wait to be back in Little John for that game. Uh, and then we play Radford uh, a week after. After that, so kind of a long stretch. After the TCU game, we've went, we've really played four games in four weeks. I don't, I don't like that. I miss seeing them. I miss seeing them a lot. So, but after the new year, uh, we really that that changes. After the new year, we only go one week stretch uh, where we don't we'll only play once in a week, one time, and that's between FSU and Duke. So. I'd like to have a week leading up to that Duke game. Everything else is just four or five days, three days, couple days here and there. So uh, if y'all can be patient, let's be patient in this year. A game this coming Friday, have some Christmas, a game the following Friday, and then have a little break for New Year's, kick off the third strong against Miami. So got to be happy with where we're at right now. Got to be really happy. Um, so far, PJ Hall is shooting fifty five percent on the field on the game. I'm like, what? What in the world? He's shooting fifty five percent from the field this year. 
Crazy good stats. Averaging 20 points a game. Chase Hunter leading our assist and uh, three points a game. So you've got some good ones. Uh, P.J. Hall is also, just throwing that out there, he's averaging 2.3 blocks a game. Ian Shefflin averaging almost 10 rebounds a game. Guys, we got a good team. We got a really good team. Uh, I just I don't understand. Dylan, Dylan Hunter, 2.7 points per game, and he gets the ball with that much time. What What's I told y'all. I prefaced it. I told you I'm upset about this game. I said that I understand the game's not the world's not ending. It's okay to have one loss, but gosh, I'm frustrated. I don't understand Dylan Hunter in that. It's 2.7 points a game. Oh, frustrating. Frustrating. He's shooting 32% on the year, just so we're clear. Uh, I don't understand. But anyway, all right, so that's that. We're, I promise I'm moving on now. So, yeah, going to have a great rest of the year. Can't wait to see there. Hopefully, if you're going to be there uh, this coming Friday, if you're going to be at the game, reach out to us. We'd love to meet some people. Let's build some connections. Uh, maybe come sit with us or something like that. we got some seats up top. So come sit with us. Come find us Friday. I'd love to meet some people and grow the community for the Tiger Wire. And so with all that being said, that is going to do our episode today. We're going to wrap it up there. You've heard me rant enough about this game. But honestly, our, our expectations, our excitement, our hopes for this Clemson team has not changed anything. Uh, only thing is we didn't get to go 10-1. and one. Other than that, we are super excited. This team is a great team. We can't wait for the future. We can't wait to see what this team does this year and the here and now and continue seeing the Clemson Tigers thrive. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you diving in and joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us over on Twitter at the, Clem- the Tiger Wire over on Twitter. Thanks so much. Uh, until next time, make sure you keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. We can't wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go Tigers.